This episode of Now This Is Lit is brought to you by Audible. Check the link in the description to get your first Star Wars audiobook free. Everyone loves free things. Click that link. Do it. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Now This Is Lit, a podcast about Star Wars books, the people who make them, and the readers who just can't get enough of them. I'm your host, Meg Dowell. I use she, her pronouns. And today, I have another interview for you. Delilah S. Dawson is here to talk about Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade, which is out today. It's a really fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. first but we'll start here um because this is i sometimes am lucky enough to catch authors before the book actually comes out and so i get to ask um in the lead up to uh rise of the red blade finally being out in the world uh how are we feeling are we okay are we good (laughs) you know the star wars books are strange in that you know about them long before anybody else does and you have the secret that you have signed many many documents you won't tell anyone about so you kind of hold and then you finally kind of, you're allowed to announce it, but basically you're on a Star Wars panel with 30 other authors and Mike Siglane points you and you go, I have a book. And then that's kind of it. You can't say anything else. Right. And then you have this fury of writing and rewriting and then the edits and you think you're done and then you get emergency edits while you're like out at an anniversary meal with your spouse and <laughs> you're texting edits into your phone. And then by the time the book comes out, you're just like, that was many moons ago. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm super excited about San Diego Comic Con next week, though, yep. and, uh, and the limited edition. This will be my first my first con edition of a Star Wars book. So it's I'm so really exciting! Excited. The cover looks amazing, and I might not be able to get one because I can't go this year. And I'm like, it's fine. Um, we will recover. The collection doesn't need everything. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, and you've done this a couple times. You've done this with Star Wars novels a couple of times before this but I can imagine it's uh it's been a little bit different each time it has fast was um you know more sort of to the Star Wars schedule and by the time it came out I was in my first little case of burn and I remember when we found out it hit list my agent called me and she was like number 10 and I was like of what <laughs> she and I was like what list she was like for you and I was like oh that's nice. And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> but, you know, when, when she gets used to it, like once I had developed my little muscles and now like I'm, I'm, I'm ready and uh, very excited about, about everything and did not go into burnout this time. And uh, yeah, this, this book was, was a little easier of a process. Yay. We learn, we learn a little something every time we do it. It's uh well, it's all, writing IP is all about developing a very specific set of muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I, I think I remember how to do this. I'm not totally sure, but sometimes like muscle memory just takes over and then, yeah. And then you have those moments where you're like, I don't know if I know how to do this, but I guess I don't have a choice anymore. It's too late. We just have to keep going. I committed. Well, actually, I've uh, I've learned that the key to to not having that moment, like lots of kind of falter, we call it the soggy middle. You hit about 30 or 40,000 mm-hmm. words into a thousand word novel and you suddenly go 
my God, I don't know how to write. I can't write. This is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. What do I do now? Well, this book is over, I guess. Um, and then of course, once you learn that like pretty much every author deals with that, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier. So with Star Wars books, the more uh, the more details your outline, the fewer problems you have down the line, mm -hmm. but you never really want to surprise story group at a later date because you <laughs> might lose huge chunks of stuff if thing doesn't work. Yeah. So I got to where, you know, for Phasma, the entire journey was they go on a journey across the desert. So there was a lot to play in here. And in hey. this book, I'm like, detail. We know this, we know all of these things. You can't come bite me in the butt later. <laughs> and then they did come bite me in the butt. And I was like, how dare you? But no. you know, when Filoni and Favreau want something, you have to give back those uh, those action figures. So oh. I was about to say it happens, but like I don't know how this works. Uh, most things happen <laughs> so this book without spoiling too many things for anyone who hasn't read it yet although if you haven't yet but you're going to definitely do that because it's worth definitely it do. um yes <laughs> uh, this book tells the story of a jedi who grows up in the order but never really feels like she fits never feels like she belongs there um why was it important for you to tell um this particular story i mean I, I just can you put up the name of obi-wan kenobi going of course i know him he's me <laughs> that, was, that was my childhood i just always felt like an alien who didn't belong and like everyone else had been taught a specific rules of how to act and speak and interact and what to wear and how to be cool and i had just missed that day so i thought that yeah. like maybe if i just raised my hand enough in class and you know bragged about my grades enough people would like me which did not work um, so I've recently learned I am I am not neurotypical. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've always known I have synesthesia. Um, I have a diagnosis for ADHD. After like 17 online tests, a lot of talks with my therapist, I, I think I'm probably on a spectrum somewhere. Uh, and this journey has kind of led me to go, oh, like all this time I thought that I was broken and I was weird. Mm -hmm. And I was, but like for a reason, like there was yeah. a reason. And like I, my brain loves a puzzle. So I finally feel like there's been this puzzle for 45 years and suddenly I'm like, boop puzzle's complete out of here and it's awesome oh it all makes uh, sense now <laughs> so I feel like that helped in crafting Iscat because we knew from Charles Soule's Vader comics um how she ends up and so my job was to start at the beginning and you know explain the journey that would take her from a good-hearted earnest idealistic Jedi to what we see in Charles's comic and to make her pretty unforgivable actions in that comic make sense through the lens of some childhood trauma mm -hmm. so it was definitely very easy to begin the journey with you know what would be the first steps that would turn someone from the jedi and you know the idea of you know you're taken as a child from your loving family and put into this crush where you're raised by jedi but you never have that intimate one-on-one -on -one connection that mm -hmm. human beings i'm assuming most star wars alien species would have where mm -hmm. we need that one-on-one -on -one connection we need yeah. those eyes looking at our eyes from 20 inches and you're just like oh my god jedi never get that they're told like don't don't have connections with you yeah. know don't have connections but don't have like deep relationships with people in this way and like yeah. that, that that's going to be kind of traumatizing for some kids who need it and that sense that you know when you want to go to someone and, and ask them deep personal questions you know you can trust them you're going to get more reactions like, like kind of going to a priest or someone in a in a church who has a line that they have to tow and certain platitudes mm -hmm. they have to give you versus really seeing you as an individual and accepting who you are unconditionally so that mm -hmm. that that schism uh definitely drew on you know some feelings i had growing up and contributed mm -hmm. to what started iscat on her her journey to find her true self 
Yeah, I definitely related to her character in a lot of ways. Also, um, just like always being the kid who like wanted to learn, but never wanted to like, I never wanted to raise my hand. I never wanted to like call attention to myself. And I didn't understand like, you know, why is everyone doing it this way when I want to just sit and read a book and learn that way? Um, Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you grow up and you look back and you're like, oh, like I'm fine. Everything didn't feel fine then, but maybe it's fine now. <laughs> well, also a case of like, uh, this, some people, the system is made to fit certain people, but it does not yeah. fit me and, yeah. and the system won't change for you. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, speaking of the system, um, let's talk about the Jedi. Uh, this book did a really great job of uh, really painting a clear picture of how unprepared the Jedi were for this war. Um, and you get the sense of that to a point in, you know, like the films or a lot in a, in a lot of the other books um, that have come out. But this book really kind of showed from his cat's perspective um, how like it just kind of threw everything into chaos. And even like they just didn't know, um, didn't know how to handle it. Um, and, and how would you? Um, and I'm. I was wondering if um how kind of like working on this story and um crafting these characters and telling things from her perspective kind of ch- changed maybe the way you looked at the Jedi. Well, you know, in order to have someone turn from the Jedi to the point that they will hunt down and kill the Jedi, you yeah. have to have some pretty serious grievances. Yeah. Um, but it does grow from, you know, the the childhood of a lack of connection, of not belonging, of not yeah. feeling like you could be honest about who you are, um, about not really finding what you excel at and not having anyone reach out to help you find what you excel at, but rather to try to kind of put you into a box. Iskat finds out what she's really good at. And they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Do something else, which yeah. is like, that's that's very destructive to, um, to a young soul to be yeah. like, I found the thing that makes me special that I love that fills me with joy. And you're like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. That's not good. Go do it. Go do that thing that you hate. Go do it. Um, but we definitely tried to show it through Iskat's perspective where, you know, the, the statements are never like, you know, I'm not saying the Jedi are bad. I'm saying Iskat sees through her lens of the small picture that she can see that the Jedi are bad. Yeah. Um, because from the very small little lens that she sees, um, you know, she sees a lot of chaos. She doesn't have control over the big picture because, of course, yeah. the, the Jedi Council is not saying all the day, like, hey, look, guys, here's our whole master plan. All of you need to know. You go there, do the thing. And then you go, do, go there, do the thing. And six yeah. of your friends die. And you're like, this isn't good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or they'll give them minimal plan. That's a big problem in this is that, you know, the Jedi are giving, she is always complaining about like, they don't give us any information. You're like, well, what information do they have? Like what? Yeah. They're, you know, someone tells the Senator something, the Senator tells the other Senator something that tells the Jedi council something that tells, you know, the Jedi general something. So you're like eight rounds of telephone by the time you get your mission. So of course it's going to be ridiculous, which is, I mean, I, I think I don't watch a ton of war movies. But I, I think that that's how the ones that I've seen have basically gone is you've just got children standing there holding guns going, what do I do? Yeah. Oh, no, we're dead. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty easy to to kind of get into that mindset while also making sure that, you know, the way that I wrote it makes it clear that like these are Iskat's perceptions. I am not saying as a canon expert what the Jedi strategies were good or bad or wrong or right. Yeah. But from the perspective of a child on the battlefield, they were not awesome. Um, you talked a little bit a bit about how uh, part of what you 
had to do in this book is kind of go backwards and kind of like you know what the end point is but you have to go back to the beginning kind of show how how do we get there how does how does someone get to that point um what do you think was the most challenging part of that for you of that process well you know it's a real similar process for what I had to do with phasma is where you look at what you know of them at the uh you know at the kind of I don't want to say the end of their life, but as a more fully formed adult, yeah. you see that. And then you have to extrapolate what crucible would this person have been formed in? Um, so, you know, like for Iskat, I said, it had to start with, you know, otherness and feeling different and a lack of connection, um, which meant that when she had, you know, a Jedi master that she couldn't feel a profound connection with them and that they weren't really there for them. So that's how that character came about. Um, we recognized that, you know, she would kind of need a, um, an instigating factor to kind of start her feelings going. So that that happens in the first chapter. You see her discover something that, you know, that changes everything because, you know, something has to change everything or it's not really a story. Yeah. Um, and then as it went on, if you read Charles Soule's comic, which you don't need to read it to uh, read this book because it's actually integrated into the book mm-hmm. um, at a later part. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to read anything to read this book. I want all of my books to be open doors to Star Wars canon. It is not a gate. You don't have to read anything. If you have mm-hmm. seen um, the prequel movies or the Clone Wars or uh, the Kenobi show, it'll make sense. So yeah, um, looking at his comic, she did this one very unforgivable thing that I was like, I can't get behind you on this one, my dude. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't cool. And so I had to, as a writer, that was the biggest challenge is being like, I have to justify that action, which mm. knowing how we know inquisitors are dark side users. And we know that the dark side is not honest. It it gets in there and it twists you and it lies to you and it changes you. So, you know, that takes part in it too, that we know that this is not a, a pure feeling that what she becomes later, the dark side is in there like a disease and mm. is, is making her make changes. But I did want to plant some, you know, some trauma in there that would make that, uh, make the dark side change her perception enough to do that horrendous act. So it's kind of like all along the way, I knew I had to drop these little gumdrops that were hinted at in, yeah. in Charles Sewell's uh, comic. And then we also know that she has a certain relationship with uh, the black-skinned Twilight, who's on this San Diego Comic-Con exclusive cover with her. So I got to include him as well. Um, and also, you know, plant the seeds for what you see in Charles Sewell's comic uh, earlier in her youth with her relationship with him. So it was all very, you know, when I'm teaching writing, I call it making the face match the butt, where what happens at yep. the end, you kind of have to have a symmetry with what happens at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they meet in the middle. Yeah. If it helps, um, I read this book and had almost gotten through it. And then I was like, I got to the epilogue and I was like, this seems very familiar, not realizing that I had read this comic and had known where the story was going the whole time. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, even if you haven't um, read the comic, it's it does a very good job of uh, making sure that you don't have to uh, do your homework, as they say. Um, yeah, I argued that we should, before the epilogue, put like, you know, almost like a choose your adventure. Like, if you would like a certain ending, stop here. <laughs> you know, like, you, or just say, you know, like, Charles Stoll did this. I didn't do this. Yep. Like, I didn't choose this. It wasn't me. This is not my fault. Nope, I'm just trying to <laughs> clean up his mess. Which I can say because because Charles and I are are, are, are <laughs> You're all playing the same universe. It's fine. We just <laughs> trade action figures back and forth like kids in the 1980s. Like there you go. <laughs> I will ask you one more question, and um, 
you're actually the first author that I've gotten to talk to who has not previously, who has previously written another Star Wars book. Usually I've talked to a lot of um, authors who it's their first one, which is great. And it's a whole- So you just get like baby deer in the headlight book. I do. I'm like, how does it feel? And they're like, I don't know. I've never done this before. I tell all those people on Twitter, I'm like, I'm your Star Wars auntie. You're not allowed yes. to talk to anybody else, but you can talk to me. Like it's safe. <laughs> you can talk to me. Let me talk you through this. I've, I've never gotten to- um, because I'll, I'll ask the new writers, like, you know, what's next or like, how does it feel to do this for the first time? But I get to ask you a question I've never gotten to ask an author before, which is because this is not your first Star Wars novel. Um, how do you think, um, you've grown as a storyteller from your first Star Wars book to this one? You know, all three of my Star Wars books, you know, it's, I guess you get somebody like, you know, with, with Tim Zahn writing Thrawn, where you're writing a say it, the same character kind of moving through the ages. Mm -hmm. All of my Star Wars books have uh, served different purposes and yeah. they've shared some characters, but they haven't, you know, it's like some people say Phasma and Black Spire are an unofficial or unofficial duology where we're mm -hmm. hoping for that trilogy um, because they are tied together by Vimerati, who is in the Disney parks. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, Phasma the first time around, it was it was kind of a rough experience. Um, the the Star Wars editorial had recently changed over to some new folks, and mm -hmm. so I was you know dealing with kind of a bunch of people with some had established relationships, and uh, we lost our first outline. So we had you know Star Wars outlines are pretty extensive, so I lost like a fourteen page single space oh, outline. Man where uh, one day I just came home and there was a box of cookies on the front porch from an expensive New York cookie place. And I was like, somebody trying to poison me? Like, what is this? And I opened the cookies and there's no note or anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat these until I know who this is from. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I get a couple hours later, I get an email that's like, dear Delilah, I'm so sorry. By now you probably reached the cookies and I'm going to explain to you now why we sent them to you oh, <laughs> preemptively. No. Yeah, and it was that we'd lost, the, you know, we'd been, and Star Wars uh, outlines take a long time because, you know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm really fast, so I'll write an outline in a day, yeah. and then my editors will have it for a week and send it back, and then I'll turn it around in a day, and then, so it takes like three months before your outline gets okayed, and yeah. by the time your outline gets okayed, you're like, okay, this is it, I'm going to write the book before you can change it, and we just lost the whole thing, and they're like, okay, well, let's just start over, and it was like, oh. and you don't get more time to write the book. No. <laughs> So it was very panicky, um, and there was there was some some panic and some burnout, um, but yeah, and then and then Black Spire was a different kind of book because it was so Phasma I say is Star Wars meets Mad Max, and mm -hmm. then Black Spire was meant to be a kind of a guide to the Disney parks, but they let me have a lot of freedom with the story, so I brought mm -hmm. back Cardinal and Bimarati. Um, well, I had to be in it, but they let me bring back Cardinal, which is very kind of them, yeah. and kind of create a new little crew. And I, I think of it kind of like Brooklyn Nine Nine in Star Wars as well, with that kind of goofy found family. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was, you know, it was written. Uh, the, the basis of that story was for me, but I had like a PDF of Galaxy's Edge where I, the whole place, I had to describe it as it actually was and look at the map. So if I was telling you where someone went, I couldn't just make it up. I had to look. Right. Until you know, oh, you you run around here and through there. So it was a very interesting process to work through that. Um, and there's some very cool stuff that happened when Galaxy's Edge opened. So that was a super. There's never been another book like that, and I don't think there ever will be. Mm -hmm. And then this book, I wanted just really um, that old-fashioned Legends feel, like it's just fun and fast and dark and feeling. Um, and and they let me get away with it. I brought in a whole bunch of old stuff that I I love. There's there's some Kotor references. There's yeah. species that we haven't seen a ton of since uh, 
the the original series um so yeah it's it's it was an easier book to write because I knew more because my um my outline was longer because I just know my editor really well and so you know instead of writing an email waiting three days I can just text him and be like hey Tom blah, 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 and he'll yep. text me right back <laughs> so it's, it's a much more streamlined process um but you also I think you know as you as you go, you build up those muscles and you're ready for the disappointments of losing things mm-hmm. and being able to think on your feet. So um, I would say it was easier, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens after it launches. Hopefully it's people so like it. It's so close. It's almost here. I think people will yeah, love it. Yes. I, I will say um, Phasma is no longer in my top three Star Wars books. Um, I mean, and- rude. I'm so sorry to tell you that, but um, the reason is because this book has um, taken its place. Um, it is, I could not put it down. Um, and I have a very strong feeling that um, that will be the case for a lot of readers. So I'm excited for this book to finally, um, first of all, for it to finally be out in the world. And second, to finally be able to talk about it because I can't talk about it either. Um, I mean, you've been with it longer than me, but it's still, it's like, we can't, I really can't tweet about that thing that just happened um but we're almost there <laughs> yeah we're With, almost there yeah. it's it's challenging it's hard to talk about it when we're still under embargo <sighs> it's fine it's almost over <laughs> and then another book will come out and that I can't talk about and it's just a cycle it never ends yep um, <laughs> nope they are Star Wars is steadily feeding us <laughs> it's good we're so lucky to be here um this has been fantastic um it's been great to hear about um your experience with this book and your experience with star wars books um overall and i can't wait um for the book to be here and for you to be able to say more things about it um i'm excited for you and um yeah let's do this thing (laughs) awesome thank you so much Now This Is Lit is part of the Faraway Fandom Network. It's produced by Devor Mondam and written and hosted by me. Jose Jimenez designed our podcast art. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're in between seasons at the moment, but we will be back with season two at some point. Make sure you're subscribed so you know when that's coming. For more book reviews and Star Wars book celebration, follow Star Wars book reviews on Instagram. Instagram.